Welcome to the B-Ball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are talking about playoff windows in the East. Last week we did the West, and uh, it's funny, actually, today I did my taxes, and now I'm doing this podcast, and I learned if you have two things to do for the day, and uh, one of them is taxes, and the other is podcasting, you really, you want to flip them. You want to do the podcast first, because it puts you in a really bad headspace doing your taxes. It does not make you happy, and it's frustrating. It took me hours, but... It's done. It's in the past. We can talk about the NBA. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about more that I didn't discuss you know, in depth in the first episode was projecting playoff windows is really difficult. Um, it's not really realistic for a team to have more than a three-year window because it's just really hard to keep a team together, uh, let alone you, know, you have aging players, you have injuries. Like you look at Golden State, like their run was five years and they did make it to the finals every year, which is pretty crazy. Um, and I know like that, that was sort of a strange thing. Cause it was, it was kind of their team coming up and then in the middle, Kevin Durant got added to it. And then at the end, uh, Katie and Clay are hurt. And then Katie leaves, uh, Clay doesn't play basketball for two years. It, so that, that's a weird one, but like you, you look back and like, even, for other reasons, like the heat with LeBron, that was only four years. And that was mostly just because of contracts. But there's all these things that factor into it. Before that, uh, the Lakers, they go to two finals, or they go to three finals, they win two of them. And then, like, it's it's pretty much gone. It evaporated really quickly. So um, windows for teams don't last as long as you think they do. While they're happening, they feel really long. But then when you look back, it's like, I, well, what I guess it really wasn't that long. Like you think of like the Seattle Seahawks in football, where like that window wasn't that long. That was about like a three-year window. They go to back-to-back Super Bowls, and you know it's like, oh, you got to have your your quarterback on a rookie contract, and you know you need to have a, a free safety that's super rangy. Everybody plays cover three, and they they become the team that everybody copies for the next like four or five years. And now that's changing because you know there's the next teams that came up, and now you copy those teams. But uh, the point of that story is that the windows don't last a super long time. And oftentimes they're, they're <laughs> the window's not even fully open for a lot of teams, like the Bulls this year, where it's like, it's like, are we in a playoff window or a championship or a finals appearance window for the Bulls? And it's like, kind of, like it's possible. Like I didn't, I did a podcast a few weeks ago where I was like, I'm excited about this team. I think we can we can actually say like they're in contention as like a dark horse candidate and then everyone got hurt on their team. But I think the Bulls are someone where it's like it's hard to say cuz like Levine's going to be a free agent after this year and they're not a great team, but like we saw what the Heat did a few years ago in their their run to the finals where it's like they had enough talent and everything went their way and you know, we saw in that that was that was a chance. But I don't know, it, it's difficult. It's difficult, but um, I just don't want to over-project windows. I don't want to say, like, every team's in a four- or five-year window because, like, you just see how different the league is over, you know, you go back five years. It's a totally different animal. But let's start with Boston. I think this was the hardest team to sort of, I don't know, pin down because the ages, right? So Tatum's 24. He's superstar player, two-way player, great offense, great defense. Um, he's locked up for the next three years plus an option. He's not going anywhere. They're obviously building around him. He's the centerpiece. They have Jalen Brown, 25 years old. He's under contract for two more years. Um, they trade for Derek White. He's uh, under contract for three years, 
20, age 27. Uh, Marcus Smart, 28. Robert Williams, 24. Where, like, the core of their team is not very old. Yes, you have Al Horford, who's 35. He's probably not going to be around much longer. He has one more uh, year on his deal. And it's hard to say because, you know, Tatum's there for three years plus an option. Derek White, they just traded for, who's been a fantastic glue guy. Uh, three years. Marcus Smart, four more years. So Robert Williams, probably the maybe the best contract in the league now. He had a huge breakout year on defense. He can maybe replace, I don't know if replace is the right word, but uh, losing Horford to age or a trade or free agency isn't as big of a deal because you, Robert, you have Robert Williams as your other big who's been just absolutely playing out of his mind this year. He did just get hurt, which really hurts them this year. I think you know, going into the postseason, their defense was playing so well. You trade for Derek White, who's a, a really a good defensive guard, and you just were like, wow, there are like four positive defenders on this team, like on the court, like at all times. Like that's that's crazy. So losing Robert Williams really does hurt this year. But the point of this episode is to say, like, what is their window where that that's a blow for this year? But I would say they have I, I think Denver has the the longest window in the West. Um, I really like them a lot, barring health. And I know that's a tricky thing to project, especially when everyone's hurt on the team. Or not everyone, but two of their four key players are hurt with uh, you know, serious injuries. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to go four years for Boston. I'm going to say this is the best playoff window for the team. Because it might not all stay the same. Like I said, a lot of these guys are under contract, but even someone like Jalen Brown, like they've been talking about if Tatum and Brown can work together long-term. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, but he's still an asset. Like if you trade Jalen Brown, you can still get something really valuable back and he's under contract for two more years after this one. So it's not even like you need to, Um, but I I really like what Boston's doing a lot. That Derek White trade really solidified this team and just had everything fall into place and it just... It, it was like a really great move that just sort of, I don't know, like just slid everybody over just a little bit and they all kind of clicked into place. So um, I guess I have a lot of good things to say about <laughs> about the, the franchise. Derek White, is it was a great trade. I think he's broken down really well in our numbers. So he has an A in playmaking and an A in on-ball defense. So he can create and he can play defense. And he has an F in our three-point shot making stat, which is basically – your three-point percentage adjusted for quality. So he can't shoot, but he can play make, and he can play defense, and he can he can score, and he can finish a little bit. He has a B in that. So I, I think that's actually one of the best illustrations of how you can look at our grades really quickly and be like, oh, so that's what this player does. And it's a glue guy thing. It's like he's going to help make teammates better on offense, and he's going to do a lot of work on defense. And you put him next to Marcus Smart, where it's like, wow, that's that's a really good tandem. Um, similar to kind of what the Bulls are doing with Lonzo and Caruso. And then Robert Williams, ugh, such a shame. He was having such a great year. Like he was going to be somewhere in the defensive player of the year talk. And, and ugh, he, I know he's been hurt a lot throughout his career, but I love that contract. He's 24, four more years at $12 million is a bargain. Uh, but yeah, I like Boston for a four-year window. Because, I mean, really what it comes down to is Jason Tatum. He's 24. That 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 window, <laughs> Jason Tatum's window is 10 years. <laughs> I don't know about this version for the Celtics, though. Uh, next, we're going to go to Miami. So Miami is a really tough one because two players it really hinges on are, are older, right? So this is where the window is going to close because of age. So Jimmy Butler's 32. He's been playing 
at an extremely high level for the last this year and the previous two years. Basically, since he's come over to the Heat, he has been knocking on the door of a top 10 player. He's somewhere in the low teens, and he has been phenomenal, but he does miss a ton of time, and it's scary because of his skill set. Like, you're worried about how that ages because he can't shoot, does not shoot the three at all well, um, and he does, you know, he is a really physical player on both ends of the floor, and you just wonder, like, how that's going to wear down. But also, I don't know, you, you just, he. I think he's just got that, that kind of like X factor thing that, that can kind of propel him. Like you saw in the finals versus the Lakers two years ago where like the heat were just going to lose, right? They weren't good enough. They were injured and they just did not stack up against the Lakers. And he's still able to have a 40 point game in the playoffs where he was able to take over. Like basically, you know, you hear hear it all the time, like biggest, brightest stage, like who steps up and you have a guy like Jimmy Butler. So I think their window is this year. And then, two more years into the future, but it, like that third year is really tough. But definitely this year and definitely next year. Um, Kyle Lowry's 36. He's on the books for two more years after this, but he is getting paid $28 million a year for those contracts, which is a lot of your salary cap on a point guard who's he's still good, and he's still good on the defensive end, which is important. But it, it's just tough because you, you just start running into problems. You have Bam, who's 24, which is great. He's under contract for four years. Um, you have Duncan, who they have for the next four years, um, supreme three-point shooter. Uh, Tyler here, that's going to be the tricky thing, right? So he's on his rookie deal. He's kind of like their sixth man, really good offensive player, not a very good defensive player, but we don't need, we don't need to get into that right now. But he's on his rookie deal, and next year is the last year of his rookie deal, so he's going to need to get paid. And then you start running into like some some salary caps, some luxury tax issues. But I think the Heat for sure this year and next year, and then they might be able to – something about the Heat. They're pretty good at squeaking out those extra years. They're they're a pretty good franchise. Next, we're going to the Bucks, And I think this is an interesting case because the Bucks. it's obvious they have Giannis, they have Middleton, and they have Holiday. So Giannis is 27. He's locked up three years plus an option. Middleton's 30, so in the middle of his prime. He has one more year plus an option. I would imagine he doesn't take the option. He gets a new deal. And then Holiday is 31. He's under contract for two years plus an option. So their core is together, right? Like they're not going to lose any of those guys, but the window doesn't last forever. And I think it's a little confusing because a lot of times it's just, hey, what's now and what's going on in the future? But if you look back, like we're in year three of the Bucks window. Like, they had two years ago, disappointment losing against the Heat. They won last year. So, the window's a success. I don't care what anybody says. I know we get greedy these days, but if you win a championship in your perceived window, it is a success. And then, uh, this would be year three, where they have a very real chance of winning it. And then, after that, it's like, what is going on? I'm going to say this is year three of a five-year window. This is a very long window for a team, but when you have... A generational player like Giannis, it, that it just tend it, it can break some rules. And uh, Holiday is the oldest of the bunch. He's thirty one, so in two more years he'll be thirty three, which is still like the tail end of his prime. So I'm not super worried about any of the big threes' ages. But what is a concern is it it feels like the team is running out of depth. Like they had. Guys like, I really like DiVincenzo. He got hurt last year. They replaced him pretty well with Connington, and then they brought in um, 
the defender. I don't I forgot his name. He's on the Heat now. He's the guy. He's all defense, nothing else. I I talk about him all the time on the podcast. Um, but Brooke Lopez, he's thirty three. He's missed almost the entire year with a back issue. And you know, you your supporting cast now is it's Grayson Allen, it's Bobby Portis, who shoots the ball well, but. You're, the longer you stay good, the longer you're going to lose those side pieces to free agency, to trades, to all these things. And that's why – what's one of the reasons it's so hard to stay on top? But I think the Bucks are in year three of a five-year window. And, you know, as long as you have those big three, you're going to be able to contend. And I think they've done a pretty good job of building a roster around those guys that, that, that do, you know, emphasize what this team's upside is. Um, moving on to the Sixers, this is another one that's tough because you have Embiid, who's 28, right? Four more years plus an option. He's not going anywhere. You have Tobias Harris, two more years, good player, overpaid, but, you know, solid player. Um, you have James Harden. This is the tricky thing. So he's 32, and he has a player option this offseason, so he's going to decline that. He's going to get a big contract. But he just he hasn't been the same guy since he's been in Houston, and I know some of that's age, some of that's injuries, some of that's desire. But it's hard when you 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 know he's still capable of playing at a really high level, but like what does the James Harden experience look like in a few years? And I'm not super sure. Um, but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go three years on their window because they have Embiid who is right up there in the MVP conversation in his prime, and he's a dominant big man with an offensive game. And if you look throughout the history of the NBA, those are the most valuable players in the NBA. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you have guys like Maxi breaking out. Um, he's got two years left on his rookie deal after this one. He's only 21. And I, I like what the Sixers are doing in terms of just having enough talent on their roster to be competitive to, you know, maybe you run into a year where the competition just isn't as stiff and you sneak into the finals and you win one. Or, you know, Embiid just keeps playing at this ridiculous pace and it maybe even improves, maybe even gets better, maybe averages. Maybe he has one of those 35-point-a-game seasons, I, I, which sounds crazy, but I'm like, I don't know, maybe he can do it. Maybe he starts taking eight threes a game. I don't know. Um, but I think the Sixers are comfortably in the window this year and next year. And then I could give him that that extra year after that because, I mean, Harden would only be 34. He wouldn't be that old. Embiid would be 30. So, like, yeah, he'd probably be not improving at that point. But, like, as long if he remains at this level of, I don't know, top three player in the NBA, you don't really need him to get better. Um, after that, we're going to talk about the Bulls. We already talked about it a little bit. It's tough, though, because this team is not young, right? So they have DeRozan, who's 32. They got him for two more years. They have Levine, who's 27. So he's like getting to the middle of his prime here. He's going to be a free agent. Hopefully they resign him. You have Caruso, who's 28. You have Lonzo Ball, who's 24. Uh, Vooch is 31. So your team's not old here, but it's just I I don't know if they're <laughs> it's the thing that the team's not that bad but i don't know if they're better than the other teams i can think they can be a dark horse candidate where it's like they're an interesting team they have two really good guards at defense they have DeRozan, who's capable in spurts of playing just as well as other top players from just a scoring standpoint you have levine who is a really electric offensive player um, they have some young guys on the team that have performed really well while guys have been out like caruso and ball this year so they're not a bad team i think they're kind of 
they're kind of like the Heat were to me two years ago in their finals run, where it's like, is that type of run unlikely? Yes. But is it possible? Yes. And as long as you, you're you there, it, I think it's worth it to try to keep stretching out, you know, whatever you do cap-wise, whether trading assets in the future. I think I think it's worth it to try to stay there just in case because, you know, who knows what happened. If the Heat don't get hurt, like, like I said, the Lakers were a better team in 2020. But if the Heat don't get hurt, I don't know. Maybe. You know, you, you never know what happens. Like, or, you know, like last year, the Lakers playing the, the Suns. Like, Anthony Davis goes down, changes the whole series. Uh, Nets are very interesting um, because, well, we haven't seen what they look like with their team. Durant is 33, right? He's got four more years on his deal, and he's playing out of his mind, right? But he has been banged up. I mean, he, he missed an entire season two years ago, and then he's been hurt last year and this year, which is concerning. Kyrie Irving's 30. He's perpetually also hurt. <laughs> um, he's a small guy. Uh, you have Ben Simmons. He's young. He's 25, which is good. Um, brings that defensive element they need. And then they have a bunch of shooters that are all like middle-aged. They have uh, Harris, who's 30. They have Seth Curry, who's 31. They have Patty Mills. I think he's a little bit older than that. So they're again, they're they're not a young roster. They're, most of the guys are in their 30s except Ben Simmons, but he should be fresh. He hasn't played all year um, going forward to into the next year and the year after that. But uh, I think they're interesting because I think their I think their window is three years. Mm, it's tough though. It's really tough. Mm, isn't it crazy? Last year, like, or even going into the season, like the Nets were just like, so if they're all healthy, they're just going to win the championship. There's there's just nothing that can stop them. And then this year happens where it's like they are about to like fall out of the playoff picture. And it's because all of their play- good players aren't playing <laughs> um, for most of the year. Durant's been hurt. Kyrie with COVID. Ben Simmons wasn't on the team. Now he's on the team. He's not ready to play. Um, I don't like the Nets. Um, but the talent is hard to deny. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say three years. Yeah. I'm going to say three years. Cause you just have Durant. So at a certain, like as certain things just don't matter. And at that point he'll be 36. He seems like a type of player that can, because of the way he plays age pretty well. Um, I know we talked about this with uh golden state last week where it was like, I mean, part of Steph and Clay's like part of the thing is like these guys are supposed to age super well because of their skill sets right um but yeah so that's gonna do it for the teams that i think have realistic windows i think the bucks are in uh, an insane five-year window right i think miami's in i'm gonna change it i think miami's in a two-year window i think there's this year and next year after that it's tough like jimmy butler might miss more games kyle lowry's 37 38 then and then tyler hero's gotta get paid um bulls i would say you know this year and next year they're a dark horse candidate and then maybe if they can add something or if one of their young players can really develop uh nets i'm gonna go with three years because durant's just just such a generational player that i mean he just he's just undeniable and then he has enough talent around him to where i'm like yeah no that that could make like Kyrie irving is your second best player ben sims is your third best player with like elite shooting around them yeah i I think that, that that seems possible on paper uh moving on to teams i just don't think quite are there yet the Cavs, i think they're about a year or two away from their window i think i think not next year but the year after that right so two years away that's when the Cavs, like in the preseason people will be like i'm picking the Cavs. like i think the Cavs are going to do it garland has been 
phenomenal this year. He's 22, and uh, he's got one more year on his rookie deal, and then he's obviously he's going to get a max. And then you have Mobley, who's on his rookie contract. This is his rookie year. He's 20, and he's been a dynamite player on defense. Uh, he can just affect the game so much. It's not just his shot blocking. Like He racks up a lot of steals, deflections, super mobile. And then Allen's 23. They got him on a four-year deal, uh, which is, it's it's pretty well-priced. I think it's just $20 million per year. Um, that that trio is really, really great. And I think pretty easy to build around, right? Because you have your, your, your point guard, and then you have your four and your five. And you have a lot of mobility out of those bigs. Um, they're modern-day bigs. Uh, Allen finishes around the basket really well. He looks pretty comfortable switched on to people. Mobley is, I think, like an Anthony Davis type player where it's like he could just defend he could defend two players, any two players in the world at once, let alone one guy. Um, and I think you can fill in, you know, wing players around them, shooting around them, and you're going to have something pretty devastating there for, for quite a few years. Hornets, I think, are probably another, yeah, same thing, year or two away. Bridges and Ball are the future. I like them a lot. But uh, they, we talked about this, I don't know, maybe six weeks ago. They just don't have any defensive impact players, and it's going to take probably two years to find those guys, develop those guys, whatever it may be. Um, lastly, the Raptors. I don't really think the Raptors are in a, a window of any sort. They're not a bad team, but um, they're, no one would call them a great team. And I think that's going to do it for this episode of the B-Ball Index podcast. We went through the West. We went through the East, kind of just projecting out which teams are in playoff windows, how long those playoff windows are, um, the Nuggets, the Celtics, I really like a lot. And then there's other teams where, oh, man, I remember this, when when it's your team and you're getting nervous at the door starting to close. Like next year for a couple of these teams, it's going to be a little bit nerve-wracking where it's like, if you're the Heat, you're like, all right, we got to do something here because, like, there are contracts coming up and there are players getting older, but we are still really good right now. That's another weird thing is, like, when you know you're good right now, um, but you know that, like, it's not going to last, it, it does something, and it's it's difficult, <laughs> very difficult mentally uh, to deal with. But, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I never tweet anything. But if you want to give any feedback to the show, uh, at Taylor Metrics, go ahead. Uh, I get my feelings hurt easy, though, so keep that in mind. Uh, and we'll see you next week on the B-Ball Index Podcast.